Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's here most most weeks. Well, <laughs> He's here well, on when, when you let me come in, I'm here. But yeah, no. I, when I don't <laughs> suspend you, I don't kick you to the bench. A lot of times I do. Did you find the bag, by the way, for your No, headset? I have not. I have no. not. But I, I'm set, in. ready to go. I got my headset. I'm ready. He buddy. is Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, and I'm looking forward to this. I got a chance to talk to him off the air, and and I am really, you know, Pastor how excited I was about having Craig Wolfley on. He is a former Pittsburgh Steeler, current sideline reporter for the Steelers, and uh, he he does a lot of work with Ton Chilkin, who we had on the show uh, a few months ago on 970 ESPN in Pittsburgh. And as we talk to Craig throughout uh, the hour, if you want to go to CraigWolfley.com. I would highly recommend it. He's got some great stuff on that website. Craig, how you doing today? I'm doing just fine. And just for the record, fellas, I'm not a sideline reporter. I am my official title is sideline non-combatant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do, do you ever want to run out there on the field and and uh, take somebody out? You know what's you know what's hilarious, Pastor? When I first made the jump to the sidelines, it, now you got to understand, you're down on the sidelines, you're down amongst the testosterone. You know, you're just there with the boys, and so I'm getting into this because I, you know, I've been retired for oh, I would say close to a decade, and now all of a sudden I'm on the sidelines amongst the men. You know, and so uh, we were playing a, a game in Detroit. The Steelers were, and that was one of my first games as uh, being on the sidelines. I'm like wild-eyed and bushy-tailed, and this is like great, you know, and so. And uh, what, what happened was when the Steelers, one of the linebackers, recovered a fumble. They came running on the sidelines, and, you know, I, he was a buddy of mine. I was like, and I went up. I was going to headbutt him. And he goes, he stopped. He's like, whoa, wait, he got a helmet. <laughs> like, that would have been probably the shortest broadcasting debut in the history. That was like in the, thir- the second quarter. I'd have been out. You knocked yourself out, yeah. Hey, yeah, exactly. Hey, Craig, I do the sideline reporting for the high school football game of the week here uh, in Milwaukee. And there you go. I, I'll tell you this, that live TV is so unforgiving that, I, man, there has been things that have happened on the sidelines where I'm talking and and there there's just no way around it. My, one time my hair was standing straight up like my, I put my hand in a socket and it wasn't windy. And I don't know what happened. And I get home, and my wife said, hey, did anybody tell you about your hair? I said, no. She goes, baby, let's go to bed. 
I said, no, I want to watch the replay. She goes, no, really, don't look at Facebook. Don't, don't watch. So I come in. I come into work the next day, and the Sam, the girl next to me, has she took a picture of me on TV with my oh, hair no. standing straight up and had it as on her computer, and that was oh, yes. for me to for me to look at for months. I mean, it just, you know, it is horrific when you get you know sometimes they take snaps there and on the sidelines of, of you know headshots and. All of a sudden, you know, your mom tells you, I saw you, you know. I don't reach for your nose, honey. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, the first week that we did this, and this was years ago, uh, they called me at the radio station and said, hey, you do all the high school stuff. We'd, we would like to uh, have you come over, and we're gonna, we'd like to have you be the sideline reporter. I said, have you seen me? Do you, do you know what I look like? And they said, yeah. So I go to this meeting, and my wife said, make sure you let them know that you don't know about this. You, you've never done to I said, oh, I'm going to tell him. So I'm in this meeting with, with all these people and the, the camera guys, and, and they said, look at uh, break number three. got to look at camera six. And I raised oh, my wow. hand. I said, I don't know what that means. And they all laughed. I said, no, no, I'm serious. I, I don't know what that means. They said, ah, don't worry about it. You'll get it. And nobody said, so I'm standing there, and I have a co-host by the name of Brian Calhoun, who played for the Badgers, played for the D- Detroit Lions, and... All of a sudden, the red light came on. They said, go. And my mom called after, and she said, I turned this on, and I thought I was watching a comedy match. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, and all of a sudden, there's a high school football game. Well, Brian, he's, he's going uh, to interview the, the uh, coach going into halftime, and he, and he just, the, the guy's last name is Mazurchek, which is tough. He's over at Marquette High. So Brian said, right. hey, I'm here with uh, Coach Mach- much said to, hey, you know what? Stop. Let's let's redo that. And the guy goes, "Oh, this is live. We're not recording this." So it was brutal. It, and it's you know it's gotten a little bit better, but but not much. Hey, do you so do you travel then? You're, you are you the satellite reporter for home and away? Yeah, Tunch and I uh, we're two thirds of the broadcast on the Steelers radio network. Tunch and I were teammates uh, for all my career in Pittsburgh. Uh, we were roommates. Um, and, uh, you know, we travel with the team. It's funny because years ago, one time, uh, it was a Saturday night and we just had the team me- uh, meeting and, you know, dinner and we're going up to our rooms and we were riding on the elevator and the Steelers had a number of people like they would travel. They bring marketing people with them and they bring some of the, uh, people that uh, advertise the advertisers for the Steelers on trips. And so as we're riding there, we're looking at these, uh, what, what we would refer to as civilians. And I, we were, you know, talking about, oh, wouldn't it be fun to take these trips and not have the pressure of the game uh, to play tomorrow? So here we are, and how many years later, doing that very thing, being able to participate, stay in the game, watch the game, do the game, but not have the pressure of performing in the game. And so it's it's been just absolutely wonderful, a lot of fun. You know, Pastor, with, with the guests that we have, we sometimes talk a little smack to these guys. A little right? bit, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. pitchers, sure. you know. And so I'm reading, uh, I'm reading a bio on, on Craig, and it says uh, he's lived his entire life as a human crash test dummy. He successfully <laughs> competed to first uh, venues such as the World's Strongest Man, NFL's Strongest Man competition. He boxed professionally. He uh, black belt in, in jiu-jitsu. And all I can say about that is, you know what? Keep that weak stuff in, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Don't come here to Milwaukee, young man. Do not come here. Uh, you, you think you're tough in Pittsburgh. You're not Wisconsin tough. 
Hey, Craig, he is an awesome slow pitch softball Matt, second baseman, hey, man. Mr. Mr. Wolfley, I'm only kidding, sir. I'm only kidding. Matt, it's easy for me to talk smack when you're in uh, Pennsylvania and I'm in Wisconsin. Hey, so growing up, Craig, did you know that uh, you know football was what, what you were going to do for a living? You know, I, I can only say that uh, my mom... My mom tells a story that when I was seven years old, I told her that I was going to play professional football. Uh, I, I don't know why that captivated me so young, but certainly as I, I, I grew up, uh, the, the, the proof was in the pudding. I mean, uh, it was not long before, you know, you started competing in different sports. And basketball, I, I, I stunk except for setting picks. Uh, baseball, I, I couldn't hit a baseball to save my life. Um, you know, it really came down to I, I pretty much got it that the, my giftedness lay in the fact that I couldn't hit anything smaller than a person. So, <laughs> well, I, I, what are you left with, right? You, you, you better get strong and 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 hit somebody. Hey, um, I know you went to Syracuse. Where did you grow up? Uh, Orchard Park, New York, where the Bills are, about twenty minutes from the Bills Stadium. So, were you always a Bills fan growing up, Craig? Oh, I sure was, brother. I mean, you know, there was. There was the O.J. Simpson before, you know, things did not go the right way for for O.J. There was, you know, uh, guys like Joe Ferguson and Haven Moses was my first pro uh, athlete that I ever met, my first Buffalo Bill. I remember standing in a hardware store for like an hour and a half because I was too scared to go up and get his autograph, even though he was sitting there at a table with pictures. But, you know, those are the sweet memories you have growing up. Did you? Uh, how many Super Bowls did you win with the Steelers? Oh, thanks for bringing up Peril. He didn't. Do, he didn't do as much research <laughs> as I did. No, I, I didn't play in any Super Bowls. I broadcast three with Punch, but we came up in the eighties. We that was the, what we called the decade of indifference. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you were you were actually pioneering them to greatness. Well, you know what? We came right after the 70s when they won four, and then we left before they went, started back in 95, and then, of course, won a couple more, uh, you know, in the 2000s. And, uh, you know, but we, we've been able to broadcast, which is fun, but it's not the same as playing. You know, I mean, those guys, they walk around, they got their rings, and you're like going, oh, that's just great. Oh, that's fine. You know? <laughs> and five minutes into our interview, we <laughs> Pastor, I'm telling you, he can be a buzzkill sometimes. Craig, I'm just saying, you know, so the, the whole Tom Landry thing I just uh, just hit me again, Pastor. We are talking with uh, Craig Wolfley. He is uh, one of the he's voted, in fact, as one of the greatest uh, offensive linemen in Pittsburgh Steeler history. In fact, he's what was the Who quote? Voted that? Oh, yeah. that must have been my stuff. Box. Yeah, that was, yeah, you know what? However, it happened, man. I, I, I'm proud of you. I think that's awesome. He is. Uh, if you get a chance, go to craigwolfley.com. He's got a great podcast up and uh, really entertaining stuff. And I've said this a little bit on the show, but I mean it on this one. CraigWolfley.com. Make sure you've got 15, 20 minutes put aside because you're going to be entertained. There's some really good stuff on there. Guys, we're going to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we'll talk to Craig a little bit about his journey and his walk and where it began. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner 
on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. I think we're doing the rest of the show by ourselves. Is Craig still yeah. here or not? I don't know. We insulted him. We cut him. We you, challenged you, him. You, yeah, you challenged him to come yeah. to Milwaukee. Come on, come on up to Wisconsin <laughs> with that weak Pittsburgh stuff. And then you ask him about Super Bowls. He's like in, he's in some, uh, uh, some psych class right now. <laughs> he, he's getting counseling from our first segment. We are joined by Craig Wolfley. He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Kurt, he doesn't say sideline reporter. I do for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also uh, does a show on 970 ESPN in Pittsburgh with Tunch Ilkin. Go to CraigWolfley.com for more information. Hey, Craig, let's talk a little bit about uh, about your upbringing. And, and uh, I know that Pastor loves to ask our guests uh, for their testimony. You want to talk a little bit about, about your faith, where it started, and how uh, it's affected your life professionally and personally. Wow. I mean, you got to start right, right at the very root of it. You know, I grew up in a little Plymouth Brethren Church hmm. in mm-hmm. western New York. Uh, you know, wonderful people, but some people refer to them as the first church of the frozen and nearly dead. They're <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, God, God, God loving people, you know. Uh, it's, I grew up with the knowledge that, um, you know, Sundays were set apart, uh, Sabbaths were set apart for uh, just being with the Lord. And then even into my playing days professionally, when I had some uncles, you know, because I was probably I, I was related to half the people in the church. Hmm. Um, it was a very, very old church. It was like a hundred and some 50 years when, when I was there. But, um, you know, is is uh, I was growing up, my uncles would be, boy, I, I don't know about you playing this football on Sunday. And I, and I said, well, Chuck won't let me just play on Thursday nights or Monday nights. So, you know, there's, there's a, I have to, I got to work, you know, and that's just the way I kind of grew up, you know, but uh, it was uh it was a special time. There was a lot of great people there, and most of all, that's where I learned to love Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, you, you grew up there, uh, mom and dad believers, I take it? Yes. Yeah. My yeah. dad was a trucker. My mom was a domestic engineer, hmm. meaning a housewife, and uh, we, there was five of us. And, uh, you know, we went to church every Thursday night and twice on Sunday. Mm, yeah. And uh, so early on in your life, you came to know Christ and uh, started your journey of faith. Absolutely, Pastor. Mm, amen. A, you know, the beauty of it is, is those Sunday school papers where a lot of people, you know, when you're growing up and they might not put such an emphasis on it. That's how I first came to come to know the Lord, was yeah. through the, the Sunday school class with the Sunday school paper, and then talking to my mom and everything else, and mm-hmm. that's how I met Jesus. Yeah, I did too at a young age, and uh, it was uh, with my mother too, Craig. Uh, you know, we had Tony Dungy on, and he uh, grew up uh, in Michigan, wasn't it? Wasn't it Michigan? Yeah, and so. his mother uh, taught Sunday school, and he said mm-hmm. that she would uh, make them go down to the basement and listen to her lesson that she was going to present on Pers- Sunday. Yeah, and, on yeah. Thursday. Yeah, on Thursday night. you have to hear night. it on yeah. Thursday. And he said, but then on Sunday, he'd say, Mom, I already heard it. She goes, you'll hear it again. <laughs> but, but he knew all the answers. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he could raise his hand. He knew yeah, all the answers on that. He said he was a pretty good student in that since yeah. he knew – he knew all those answers. Yeah. Hey, when when you um, when you played football in, in in high school, and obviously you were an awfully good football player to be able to play at Syracuse, 
Um, was was your faith something that that was easy for you to be able to talk about with people, or was it something that I know that you know when you're 16, 17 years old, sometimes you you shy away from that. Yeah, I think uh, as a, as I got older, um, especially when I went off to college, you know, I was not, I was, and I wasn't prepared for college in a couple of ways. Uh, what actually happened was my freshman year, my dad got sick with leukemia, and at a time basically when I needed him the most, he was available to me the least, mm. and uh, that naturally. Not naturally, but that's where I started to gravitate towards what I would refer to as the culture of masculinity that's so prevalent amongst college football and and pro football. And that's really, you know, who can be the roughest, toughest, and do the do things. And and um, that's really where I started to lose some of my footing. And I, I went through a prodigal experience for a period of time. Um, I knew I loved the Lord, but you know, on the way to heaven, you get lost a little bit. And so uh, you. You know, you find your way back because the the Lord is that that uh, you know the loving Father who looks for you from a long ways off. Yeah, Craig. And whenever that happened in my life, uh, you know, the the Book of Hebrews talk, you know, kind of puts it in perspective as far as mm-hmm. how much He loves us. He, you know, when we step out, right. He disciplines us. And and I gotta, yeah. I'm the I'm the first one up raising both hands. I. It's not fun to be spanked, uh, you know, no. by the Lord at all. And I, I remember those days, and and I was thankful that He loved me enough to to bring me back into that right fellowship with Him. And that, that's the beauty of knowing Christ, you know, personally. And God's our heavenly Father; He doesn't ever leave us. It's just like our parents. You know, we might do a lot of things that disappoint them, and frustrate them, and even might even discourage them. But they don't; they're still our mom and dad. And Absolutely. that's that's the beauty of our heavenly Father. He he doesn't Amen. cast us aside. He says, "No, no, no. I, I, I just. I grew up in a dis, uh, father who was in the military and in the pastorate, and he was a strong disciplinarian. So, I, I understood those passages well, where God said, "Hey, I love you. I'll have to spank you to bring you back." And you know what? Mm-hmm. I have two words for my dad today. Thank you, and the same two words for the Lord when He has to spank me. Thank you. I want that fellowship. I want that closeness with Him. And uh, so that's exciting that that you you even experienced and you saw that in your own life uh from from church and then your time that you stepped away from walking with him no doubt about it and you know i'd rather have the spanking but sometimes the lord's got to have a two by four just to get your attention yeah. You know? yeah. yeah i agree we're talking to craig wolfley former pittsburgh steeler he's now the uh, sideline reporter for the pittsburgh steelers and he does a show with uh former guest uh tunch ilkin they host a show on 970 ESPN in Pittsburgh. Go to Craig Wolfley, one word, craigwolfley.com, uh, to see some of the things he does. He's got a great, a number of really, really interesting uh, podcasts that he has on that website. Um, Craig, when when did first did your father uh, survive leukemia? Uh, no, he passed away, um, I think it was my third year in the pros now, if I recall. So he, uh, correctly, he my got, second or third. Yeah. He did see you then play in the NFL. He must have yeah. been awfully proud of you. Well, yeah, you know, uh, my, you know, you, you, you like to think so. You know, my father was a, a trucker, and uh, yeah, I would say he, he enjoyed it. You know, and and it was important to me to share that with my father before he uh, passed away. So, it, you know, those things, you know, the father and the son, man, it's, a, it's such a strong bond, and the affirmation of the father to the son to let a young man know. That he has become a man. Those are those are strong, strong things that need to occur. And I think 
part of the, the problem that occurs in many, many young people growing up is they never receive the affirmation of manhood that a lot of others, that, that a lot of guys do. You know, Craig, I um, doing some research for the show. I, I, I saw the video of uh, you speaking at a veterans event where they surprised you with your son who was in the military that he that came. That was in Canton, the Hall of Fame. That was in Canton. I'm yeah, te- Veterans Day. Uh, salute to Veterans Day, yeah. That was, uh, I, I showed it to three or four people here at Intercom, and there were two women just tears flowing down their face. Um, for me, when he when he said, "Look, I learned so much from my father," and when I when I needed when I was down and I needed to call somebody, I called him, and I you know that was such a, a, a great video, Craig, and, and it you know the love that that you could just feel from from your son to you and you to your son um, just came through in in that video, and it's pretty powerful. Well, thank you very much. It was uh, it was a total shock. <laughs> You know, I mean, I had no idea what was going on and for him to be there. Uh, and, and, you know, what the, the road that he had taken, I mean, he had gone to West Point, graduated with honors, got his uh, Ranger tab, then spent uh, time in Germany. Uh, then he went off to Afghanistan for a year and lived, uh, you know, he was, was uh, deployed right by the Paki border there. And I mean, it was dangerous place. It was a year. I, I, I will tell you this. If you've never understood, like me, I never understood the meaning of pray without ceasing. When you have a child in harm's way, you learn how to pray without ceasing. <laughs> it's amazing. It just happens. You just start praying and you keep praying and you don't stop praying until that child is back home safe. Yeah, I have a son over in Germany myself. Our youngest is there, and then he is—he's uh, trying. He's doing some training over there on the Czech border. I guess they bring in different countries to train with the American soldiers, and then he's trying right. to uh, go through his uh, Ranger training. Uh, my brother went through Ranger training too, so I—I oh. I sympathize with you on that, and to to see how. But but God has really used it. I, I can tell you in our son's life, and I'm probably right. sure in your son's life too. Hey, Craig, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, so when you got into the NFL, one thing that I have picked up on with the folks that we've talked to, whether it was Don Beebe uh, with Frank Wright that had a great influence in, in his walk with the Lord, or Tony Dungy, John Stallworth really had a great influence in his life. Uh, was there somebody there with the with the Steelers when you were there that that real or maybe it was in college where someone really you know when you kind of were diverting off of of that path of fellowship with the Lord that that said hey you know you need to you know you need to come over here was there anybody that that God brought into your life there either with Syracuse or with the Steelers that helped you with that Yeah, it was John Kolb. You know, John Kolb, the great left tackle for the Steelers. Uh, he was a uh, he won the NFL Strongest Man. He competed and, and did great in the World Strongest Man. And um, he has been a a mainstay in the lives of so many young men and so many uh, young players that um, he's raised up several his own self. And then uh, for me, with, with my father being so sick and then actually passing away, it was uh, the friendship and leadership that John uh, brought. That was always one of the big stabilizing forces in my life and uh, John lived the life of you know where you said okay that's what it looks like that's what I want to mm, be mm, that's you great know, godly like godly men like that are they're just awesome you know uh, when we had Tunch on he brought up Mike Webster 
And uh, yes. Mike is a Wisconsin guy. He was a Wisconsin guy. And uh, he said, you know, he was a man that just was so strong in his faith. And and he he would get up on the mountaintop with you and was not not ashamed to say who he was and what he be- what he believed right. in. And uh, I think Tunch said that he had given him his first Bible, maybe. And it just was uh, it was good to know that, you know, these big, these offensive linemen, you know, you guys are in the trenches and, and people think that, you know, these are the strong guys that are out, you know, partying all night long and doing the stuff that, that uh, linemen sometimes get a reputation for. But when you, when you talk about, it was a John Kolb, and you talk about Mike Webster and Ton Chilkin and you, talking about some, some of the best offensive linemen ever to play in Pittsburgh. And for you guys to say, hey, look, this is who we are, I think is really impressive. Well, I, I appreciate the kind words, but guys like John Kolb, Mike Webster, Ton Chilkin, they really are standard bearers of um, just what it was to be in the brotherhood at that time. And it was... It was awesome, and it still is awesome to this day. As a matter of fact, uh, there is a, a group down here meeting Saturday morning in a town uh, about a couple hours from Pittsburgh, and John Kolb is one of the speakers, as, as in I. So I have the fortune enough to be able to uh, be able to share the platform and, and uh, speak about what we love to speak about most, and that's Jesus mm-hmm. on Saturday. So looking forward to that, and those guys, you know, that they stand up and proclaim their faith is just, it's amazing. And just the platform you have right now available to you, being able to share the gospel with so mm-hmm. many people, with so many different brothers in the Lord to come out and have that opportunity to say, you know, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And, and uh, you know, that's it. It's awesome. You know, Pastor mentioned uh, Frank Reich and Don Beebe. And when Beebe was on, he told a story that when he was in uh, Buffalo um, Frank Reich was asked to, to go speak at like a youth group, and um, and they had asked if Don would go with them, and, and Frank said, yeah, he'll come with me. And he went in and it said, Don, come on, you're going to come with me, and we're speaking at this group. And Don said, no, I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I have a fear of getting up in front of people and speaking, and, and no, I won't go. And Frank Reich looked at him and he said, so you think this is about you? <laughs> and he's like, what? He said, this isn't about you, man. This is about our Lord Jesus Christ. Get in the yeah. car. You're gonna. And Don Beebe said, "I never, <laughs> I never said no anymore." Because he made it perfectly clear to me that it didn't matter if I was nervous because this wasn't about me at all. Guys, we got to get to a break. Our special guest, Craig Wolfley, again, former Pittsburgh Steeler, he's a current sideline reporter for the Steelers. He does a radio show with a former guest, Tunch Hilkin. In fact, Tunch played for the Packers. He uh, he said, "You know, I played that one year, but I was mostly, you know, in the uh, the room with all the ice and." And uh, I didn't do very well, but he loved his time in Green Bay. Go to CraigWolfley.com for more information. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Our special guest, he's Craig Wolfley. He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Go to CraigWolfley.com for more information. Craig, I ask a lot of guys, uh, ex 
professional athletes this question, and I'm wondering how you feel about it. Was it was it easier to walk worthy inside the locker room or outside of the locker room for you? Oh, is you know the locker room inside is where all is laid bare, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle to you know make sure that you you know you understand who you are before the Lord, and you know, and and to maintain that testimony. And there are there are a lot of uh, shiny, glittery things that can really distract you, and you have to be careful. The the, the walk inside is, is very difficult. Early on, and in, in knowing, you know, and maintaining that Christian testimony. Yeah, I would. Th- I, I have to believe that. And and I one time flew on the Packer plane to to Pittsburgh, and the distractions and the temptations were. I mean, we we get off the we get out of the bus, and there's you know there's people lined up, a lot of young girls lined up, you know, throwing guys' names out there and waving at them, and and I thought, man. This has to be hard if you want to focus on 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 your walk and you want to focus on playing football. There's a lot of things that can take your eye off the prize. I'll tell you that. There's no question about it. You're you're exactly right, and uh, you know that's where the the brotherhood comes in, and and guys that uh, lock arms and hold each other accountable. And you know when you when you do screw up, uh, you've got you've got some people around you that that hey get up and get back at it. Don't. Don't be dumb, you know, dumb about this thing, you know, because the greatest, one of the greatest weapons you can have is applying, applying the guilt and, and pounds and pounds and mountains on yourself after you, after you fall. What does mm-hmm. Jesus say? You know, first John one nine, yeah. you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and brother, you get back up and start walking. Yeah. Bible says a just man falls seven times and he gets back up. That's a great point, Craig. You know, uh, did you have opportunities, um, uh, with guys in the locker room do Bible studies? Because we've had some guys on. Um, I, th- I think they might have been baseball. Clay, uh, A.J. Ellis talked about he and Clayton Kershaw love just studying the Bible. You know, and he said people would always ask, hey, you know, are you guys talking baseball when you're on the plane, on the bus? And he goes, man, when we don't have to be talking baseball, we were talking something about Bible because we want to become better husbands. We want to become better fathers. We want to become better examples of what Jesus Christ has done in our life. So, uh, were, were there those times that you guys would uh, just spend some time in the Word together? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was uh, from early on, it was, you know, people like John Kolb having other players over at his house. It was, uh, you know, uh, the brotherhood, as I would say, um, kind of walking arm in arm in, in training camp. Somebody would have a word. And then, you know, we, we had a pastor uh, at the you know, a chap, kind of like a team chaplain, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would share the word every Sunday and weekly during the season. And, you know, so those, those types of things is, is great because before the last cuts, you want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, people populating the, um, the chapel service before the last cut, the room, the room would be filled. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet that was, I bet that was tense. Oh, you know, it, it, it's crazy, but you know, it, it was it was great because um, you, you share a special bond uh, as believers, and um, there is a certain strength that uh, is not available to everybody, but those whom God has called. Hey, you, 
okay, if, if I can, Craig, um, we, we spent a, a little bit of time with when we talked with Tunch about um, the church you guys go to, South Hills uh, Bible Chapel, and, and I made a, a huge deal about the website that they have, and I just... I've looked at a lot of church websites, and I just thought that one was one of the best I'd ever seen as far as really good information and and solid teaching. And I just was—I I told I told Tunch, if I— Next time I get back to Pittsburgh, I'm going to show up at that church on a Sunday, and I just want to meet the woman or the guy who takes care of the website because it's really, um, it's really incredible. He he's a big fan of of the church that you guys go to and the amount of work that you guys do outside of the church, and uh, that's a blessing that that you guys go to uh, South Hills Bible Chapel. Well, it's a great Bible Chapel, but I've moved on over to another uh, chapel a little bit away. Uh, I was there, but my wife, uh, her family is at another one, and so it was kind of like, well, we'll go there. But uh, the South Hills Bible Chapel is incredible. It's an awesome place. And it's funny because Tunch, being the men's pastor, you know, he has a Wednesday night that deal he calls uh, the locker room. And it's all the guys coming together in, quote, unquote, a locker room setting and uh, kind of just bonding and it's sharing and uh you know, uh, it, it's great, and to, to watch where Tunch has come from, from being a really a Muslim to yep. uh, being the men's pastor, uh, it's been quite an impressive <laughs> turn of events for him. I mean, uh, he is really a different man than the guy that I first met 37 years ago. Man, that's that's awesome. I yeah, we we had fun uh, when we got to talk to him and and the stories that. Uh, that he gave, and you know, there's something about the Pittsburgh Steeler organization, Greg. That it seems like when we talk to guys that were inside that uh, that family, there's something different about the Steelers. And I don't know if it's because you know they've been around a while, they've been led by some really good men throughout the years, but there seems to be something different if you're part of the Steeler family. And and when you talk to guys and they say like Tony Dungy said, look, I. I really, I, I was able to, to, to become who I am um, with my walk because of the Steeler organization. Tunjokin said the same thing. You know, it's interesting because it's really the Rooney's. Mr. Rooney is always, uh, he is he's about uh, faith, family, and football. That's really what the, <clears throat> the Steelers organization has been around. And it was really uh, Mr. Rooney and, and the chief from early on that really proffered that sort of... Um, you know, this is the way you should have the emphasis. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the fact is, you know, it, encouragement, there was encouragement about faith, about sharing your faith and what you believe in that organization. So it was always very strong. And Mr. Rooney is, uh, you know, I, I got to tell a story about Mr. Rooney because I love, uh, I love Mr. Rooney. When the Giants opened up the new Met uh, MetLife Stadium, the Steelers were the first opponent for um, the Giants to play a preseason game. So here we are at a brand-new stadium, and, um, you know, uh, Mr. Rooney is what he calls loafing. He's coming up to the press box to kind of, you know, say hello to the press guys, and, and uh, there's a security guard. This is first, you know, real run, test run of, you know, security and everything else for a game. And so he sees Mr. Rooney, and he notices that he's got no, uh, you know, press pass. So he says to Mr. Rooney says, I'm sorry, but you don't have a, uh, you know, any, any security pass here. You're going to have to leave. So Mr. Rooney looks up and goes, oh, oh, okay. And uh, he just you know, walks off. And, and so um, 
next thing you know, uh, the guy turns around and he happens to see uh, the guy that works for the Steelers, and he goes, he's a nice guy. Who, who's that? He says, well, you just uh, you booted the uh, president and CEO and owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, happens to be a Hall of Fame member and the sitting uh, M- U.S. ambassador to Ireland. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know? Oh. I mean, but that's, you know, humility is oh, yeah. a strong thing, you know, for Mr. Rooney. And he, ne- is- he didn't pull out the don't you know who I am card. No, not no. A, yeah, well, but no, not at all. Good for him. Yeah, wow. He's an amazing man. That is humility. You play. You played eleven years of twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Sorry, twelve years. What What was one of the, the as far as on the field? You know, the game itself. What was What was one of your big highlights, Craig? Oh man, there's just there's so many. When Franco passed a certain amount of yardage, I remember being on the field for, you know, uh, being out there when my very first start, which in a, inauspiciously didn't go very well, and. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's just so many different things, but uh, you know, I, I think it's it's about the people you line up with. You know, the mm-hmm. Mike Webster, the Tunchelkins, John Colbs. Those are the things that always, you know, in my mind, they they stand out. You know, there are moments like when you go in the AFC. Uh, we were in the AFC Championship game on Miami in 1984, and I remember we were up at halftime, and I told Tunch as we were jogging to the locker rooms down in the Orange Bowl. I said, you know, we're 30 minutes from the Super Bowl. Well, we were closer to 30 years from the Super Bowl. Danny <laughs> Marino lit us up in the second oh. half. Man, that's, <laughs> I don't know if it's tougher to get that close or never to get that. You know, that close. We, uh, if if you've never if you've never been there and you haven't ever really oh, yeah. been that close, you don't feel that pain. But you get you get to that game and you're up at halftime, and you can kind of feel it. That that that's a difficult one. Oh, it is. I mean, you're feeling it. You you you're smelling it, man. You think you're going, and then suddenly, Danny just lights it up in the second half, and boom. I remember we were scoring. We were driving in 15 play drives, and Miami was scoring with Marino and Mark Clayton and and Duper. Um, you know, in like three plays, and finally Mike Webster in the second half got up and. He's got a Gatorade, and it's like 85 degrees, and we're we're you know we come from Pittsburgh, and it's December and it's 25 degrees we've been practicing and because nobody had indoor facilities back then and I remember him yelling at the defense can you just slow him down so I can get a drink of Gatorade huh? <laughs> <laughs> who, who was one of your tougher uh, uh, opponents that lined up on the other side of you that kind of gave you trouble at times oh the, you know there's just a number of guys but uh, you know Randy White he and I were oh. just kind of like uh, kerosene in a mat matchstick, <laughs> you know, uh, great Hall of Famer from Dallas. Yeah. Or you could go Reggie White. Reggie White was another. Oh, what a player Reggie White was. Boy, he was something. The Minister of Defense. That was a guy. I remember one time I trapped him. And when, the first time we played, opening play of the game was a trap, and I pulled from the line of scrimmage, came right off the touch's butt, and I trapped Reggie, and I. He saw me coming, he dropped down to a knee, and I cross-faced him and started to marinate his ribs with my knees. You know, you turn the head, you get the body and so forth. But at some point, he must have gotten bored with that because he just stood up. And I, he stood up with me like a coat over his shoulder. I was about <laughs> 64 inches all off the ground, wallowing over his shoulder. Then he threw me. <laughs> now you, you didn't want to have to pull against him anymore. That's the end of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, he threw me, and I and I like I mulched myself and hit the ground, rolled to a up to like a somersault stand, 
you know, and, and Mike Webster comes back to set the huddle on second down. I'm already back there. He goes, what are you doing here? I go, he threw me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what Tunge had to say to you after something like that. Oh. He came back to the huddle. He goes, well, was he strong? And I go, he threw me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we we have two uh, former Green Bay Packers that work at the radio station here, uh, Gary Ellerson and, and Leroy Butler, both work here and get a chance to see these guys every day. And I asked oh, Gary, yeah. I asked Gary one time what it was like to play running back in the NFL. What what your body felt like, you know, the next day, the following day. Oh. And he said, "You really want to know?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Put on a football uniform, go out in the alley, and run as hard as you can into your garage door twenty five times." And then tell me how you're feeling the next day, how you're feeling Tuesday. He said, man, it was, you know, Monday wasn't horrible, but Tuesday, that second day was pretty bad. Uh, see, I, he, he must have been taking it easy because Monday was horrible for me. <laughs> I remember you'd wake up and you'd lay in bed and you wouldn't move. Your eyelids would open and all you're thinking is, if I move, what's going to respond and what's not? No. <laughs> I mean, because it really, it was a pounding. And, you know, uh, they're very right. I mean, this is a different game now. And, and they're going to be, you know, they're, they're taking a lot of steps to, you know, mitigate the unhealthy aspects of the game, such as it was played back in the 80s and 70s when, you know, that was rather, that was, I know that's like medieval times to, to people today. You know, I mean, back then it was, uh, it was Middle Earth and the elves and dwarves were all doing battle back then. But it was a different game back at that time. And um, the game is really evolving in a way that uh, I think Ryan Clark said it best. You know, um, you know, the game is really becoming uh, basketball with shoulder pads on. Yeah, it it it, it is. Do you, do you when you're on the sidelines? Um, for me, when and and again, you played in it, so you, you, this is a different experience for me. But when, when I got a chance to be on the sidelines for a couple NFL games, what what, what just threw me was the sound. The, yeah. the, the the sound of it when you're at field level and the speed of the these guys that are as big a guys as you, you've ever seen and and the speed and the sound of it when they hit is it's something that I can't I'll never forget that you're very right you know and that's one of the beauties of being on the sidelines that you love and I and I love the game and always you know have loved the game like I said since I was seven but the the violence of the game um, is what really attracts me most to it. I mean, think about it. As a young kid playing, you know, coming up through school and everything, you, you're you going to church at the, with the Plymouth brother and everything is turning the other cheek. Well, in football, they celebrate you for turning somebody else's cheek. You know? right. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Guys, we've got to get you a break. We have a very short segment for it. I got two quick questions for Craig and we'll we'll cut him loose. Go to CraigWolfley.com. It's one word. CraigWolfley.com. He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler. He's a current sideline reporter for the Steelers along with uh, former guest on Faith in the Zone, Tunch Yolkin. And they host a show on 970 ESPN in Pittsburgh. Again, he is uh, Craig Wolfley. We'll wrap it up with him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Craig Wolfley has been our guest. He's been a good one. Go to craigwolfley.com for more information. Hey, Craig, you and your wife have six kids, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Three three we girls, did. three boys. What's uh, what, more difficult to raise girls or, or more difficult to raise boys? Oh, it's boys are easy. You know, I mean, if, as long as you can keep them from tearing out the walls, uh, <laughs> you're good. You know, girls, you, you take care of your girls. You know, yep. that's that's just part of it. You know, and so that's to me. Um, you know, I, I love uh, you know our little girls. They get all dressed up in their little frilly stuff, and then the boys. You know, they just pile drive into whatever jeans are available and have at it. You know. Yeah, the girls got to be loving it, though. Can you imagine those guys coming to your place that get interested oh. in them? I mean, you oh. talk about fear. I mean, <laughs> I I mean they they might uh, have ten chaperones, you know, on that thing because they're I'm, gonna fear daddy on that. I'm getting his daughter home on time. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey, Craig, we have loved having you on. I just want to say one thing. I next year when the Steelers are playing, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I want that camera to to show the sideline because I want to see the guy over there headbutting everybody without a helmet on. <laughs> Man, <laughs> hey, if you could do that and look at the camera and say that's for Pastor Ken at Brookside Baptist Church, that would be awesome. Hey, real quick, do you, the the two years you played with the Vikings. Um, were those good years for you? You know, they were interesting. Actually, they, they, they gave me a great perspective on how much I enjoyed and loved and what a, what a great treat it was to be able to play for the Steelers. And that's not to say anything negative about the Vikings. The Vikings are an excellent organization, and I loved it. Um, but the living in Pittsburgh, being part of the Pittsburgh community and the part of the organization, it was it was a different feel. Uh, the Vikings, you know, moving up there and only spending a couple falls, you know, and then moving back in the in the springtime was a different thing. Um, but I appreciated my time in Minnesota and the great fans that were up there and the great organizations that the Vikings were. And it just also gave me a different perspective and also a greater love for what I had had and how much and how much I appreciated what I had. Hey, Craig, what coach uh, that you played for, uh, whichever coach it was uh, there in the pros, that, that you really uh, look back and say, hey, they pushed me, they made me, they, they made me really excel, and they wanted the best out of me? Oh, that was, that was Coach Knoll, Chuck Knoll. I mean, he was one of the greatest influences in my life. He, he changed my life. Uh, when you were around Coach Knoll, he was – um, you know, it was funny because I had a, I, when I, after I retired, I also um, opened up a gym and I trained athletes and fighters for about 20 years until I got full time into the broadcasting. And, um, you know, I, the nolisms just rolled out of me, you know, uh, anybody can work on their weakness, on their strengths, but it takes a real special guy to work on their weaknesses, you know, and, you know, you, you you, you don't do it right once in a while. You do it right every time. I mean, just, you know, and I, I'm, I'm laughing because everyone would look at me and go, uh, that, that's Chuck Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know? awesome. Hey, I, yeah, Craig, but, I can't thank you. So, uh, yeah. Just thank you so much for, for your time today. This has been really an, uh, an entertaining and a fun show, and, and I really appreciate you giving us the time. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak on what's, you know, I think the three of us agree on our love for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thing about it.
Yeah. So thank you so much, fellas. You bet it's he is. Craig Wolfley. Go to craigwolfley.com for more, for more information. Pastors, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Have a good day. I enjoyed it with Craig. It was you, great. You got it. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.